0: Hey John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 269. Let's go ahead and jump right in part 1. Last week I talked a lot about tools to schedule your guests for your podcast as well as managing the schedules of yourself as well and prospective guests. But some of you may be wondering and I've received this question a lot uh, over the years is how do I get guests for my podcast? In fact, this is a stress point for a lot of you thinking about launching an interview or conversation based podcast. I've had people say to me, My biggest fear is that I'm going to launch a podcast and I'm not going to have people to talk to. Well, first of all, let me allay your fears about that because when I started moving forward, you know, I didn't have a big name. I still don't have a big name, but I was able to get guests. And I will tell you how I'll break it down. And I never had a problem getting guests for my podcast. And the key is is to be consistent with it. Stick with the podcast. And I talked about this in the very beginning. I refer you back to episode 262. Make sure you have a good exit strategy. Make sure you map it out. Make sure you have arcs built into your podcast because the more you do that in the pre-planning and the pre-work, the more you're going to stick with it, the more likely you are to be consistent with getting those episodes recorded and out. It's going to be part of your schedule. But let's get into how do you get guests. And I will uh, hearken you back to the first season of Moving Forward before I launched. Part of my motivation for doing this podcast was the fact that I already had a lot of interesting people that I would connected with over the years throughout my various careers. So just to recap, uh, yeah, I started out as a lawyer, took a sharp left turn, became an actor, moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, so I was uh, tapped into that world and then uh, you know, went into the corporate world and uh, eventually went back to school and, and got my business degree. So I had done a lot of different things. And throughout the different iterations of my life and career, I'd connected with many extraordinary individuals. And so I thought, what better place to start than people I'm already connected with? And uh, so I just went into my phone book and my contacts and reached out to people that I had connected with in different industries, uh, from the legal profession to the corporate world to uh, people in the film and TV industry. And that already was a robust list of people. So my first suggestion to you is start by thinking about the people who are in your network already, people that you're connected with. And I'll break it down two ways. If you're doing a professional or business-based podcast, there are plenty of people you're already connected with in your industry who would make fantastic guests. Don't worry about whether or not they're famous, whether they've been on a lot of podcasts before. You will find that many of the best guests are ones that have never done a podcast interview before. And in, in fact, a lot of times they'll be so grateful, they'll really share it out and you know, shout at the top of their lungs, hey, I'm on a podcast, check it out. So uh, j- think about the topic and the specialty and the people that you've connected with who can really speak to it. If you're doing a hobby podcast or something that's based off of something that you really enjoy doing, again, there should be plenty of people who you either already talk to about this or maybe are engaged in the same hobby with. And those are great people to talk to, especially if you're doing more of a, a roundtable or a conversational podcast. So start with your network. Eventually, though, you're going to run out of people in your network. And for me, it was probably about 20 some odd guests in that I started needing to look beyond the people in my phone book. And so, what I did was I just started reaching out to people, people that I was following on social media. Uh, people who were following me on social media, I took a look at what they were doing, and if it was uh, if I felt like it was a good fit, I would reach out. And sometimes it would be informal. Sometimes I just reach out to them uh, through direct messaging or through a post. Other times, it'd be a little more formal. So my my suggestion to you is get a sense. If you're reaching out, if you're at the point where you're gonna start reaching out to someone who's not already in your network, maybe someone you're only casually acquainted with, take a look at their social media profile, take a look at their website, take a look at their work. Uh, If they've done podcast interviews, listen to interviews that they've been on and get a sense. You'll get a sense of what their preferred method of being uh, contacted is. For some people, it's a lot, it's very formal. They want an email where they want you to go through a third-party PR person, so you may have to go through a, a third-party person. For others, it'll be more informal. They Maybe they engage a lot on social media. Uh, maybe you can just tweet at them or just send them a DM. But get a sense of what their etiquette is in terms of how they like to be approached. Uh, Always be gracious, Uh, keep it short, Uh, let the person know kind of what the gist is, what you want to interview them for, give them an idea, and uh, always be gracious. Don't expect a yes, Uh, but I found that most of the time I got a yes, and uh, I'll give you a little tip. A lot of times people will wanna do it, and they'll simply say, right now I can't, but reach out to me maybe in three months. Here's what I did, I actually put a calendar reminder for three months from that point to reach out, to circle back, because sometimes it's a matter of getting on the person's radar. They may be too busy to do an interview with you now, but if you remember to reach out down the road and say, hey, I, I reached out, and I'm just circling back to see if you're interested. A lot of times that'll work out really well. And if it's a no, just be gracious about it. That's the worst that's going to happen if you reach out to someone is that you'll get a polite no. So don't feel bad if that happens. But for the most part, people will welcome the opportunity to come onto your podcast and talk about your topic. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, kind of a goal. If you are starting an interview podcast and you're at the point now where you're planning out interviews, do a goal of five. Usually you want to be about a month or two ahead of schedule on interviews just for time's sake and just for uh, getting edited and getting those episodes prepped. So start out with this Uh, ratio. Start out with maybe four people you know and throw in one person that you don't. And as you continue your podcast, you may want to adjust that maybe three people you know, two that you don't, and then vice versa. At some point, it's going to shift towards people you don't know. The other thing to keep in mind is that at some point, if you do this long enough, you're going to have people reaching out to you. And it will happen. If you're consistent with the content, you're going to have PR people, you're going to have guests reaching out to you left and right. And from there, it's going to be a matter of you deciding if that person is a good fit. And don't be afraid to say no. I know it can feel very gratifying to have someone reach out to you. But at some point, and I I recommend early on, just make sure that the person's a good fit. and Because it's going to serve your podcast and your audience better in the long run if you're choosy about who you have on your podcast. All right, let's move into part two. We're going to continue our discussion of editing. We're going to talk about intros, outros, and transitions. Let's start with music. I recommend, I mean, first uh, big talking point or point I have is uh, make sure it's royalty free. You can hire an artist. Uh, You can, if you have a friend who's a musician, maybe they can compose an original piece for you you can compose it yourself. Just a little bit of uh, trivia for you. The first couple seasons of Moving Forward, the first season, I think, uh, the music I actually just fiddled around on GarageBand on my phone and actually just came up with a tune. Now, I had a little bit of a music background. I played piano for a while, but uh, I certainly am not a composer, but GarageBand actually makes it easy if you just want to compose a quick tune. Uh, The other thing you could do is you could find stock music and if you have a Mac there are plenty of stock tunes that you can use and in fact the uh, later seasons of moving forward I just picked a really cool sounding stock uh, music and then used that and spliced it for the intro and outro in the editing you're going to want to add some kind of fade in and maybe a fade out and then on top of that you may want to record an intro and outro basically short copy keep it to the point maybe have a call to action or a description about what the show is about transitions you can do transitions you can add sound effects there are a lot of stock uh sounds out there that you can use for transition effects uh, my editing hack uh, for you, I never did this, I think I did it on one episode, but I notice a lot of podcasts do do this. If you want, you can clip a snippet of your interview and have it play right before the intro and that'll give your audience a little bit of an idea about what the podcast is about. And finally, you can get you. You don't have to do any of this uh, this year. On moving forward, I don't do music. I don't do transitions. I don't do real intros or outros. I just keep it me talking, and that's perfectly fine too. It really depends on how much time you have. The uh, Episode write-up is at bmovingforward.com. Your homework is keep crafting and working on honing in your podcast. All right, part three, The Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. I give it four stars. One of the best leadership books I've read this year, detailing how Iger started out in production at ABC, working his way up to CEO of of Disney Corporation. One of the things I loved about it is how forthright and candid he is about some of the difficult decisions he's had to make, including some of the mistakes that he, he admits to, such as uh, the relationship with George Lucas, and that was a little bit troubled in the beginning with the acquisition of Star Wars. Really, I, again, I love his candidness, his candor, and I highly recommend it. Join us tomorrow for a bonus episode. Until then, always be moving forward.